And welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans get together and have a rockin' good time talking about all of our favorite movie soundtracks. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I'll be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight is my lovely and belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, it's been a minute, hasn't it? It has. I've missed you. I know. I've missed you, too. (laughs) What have we been up to? I uh, just got back from uh, Seattle, hanging out, record shopping, playing pinball. Uh, And yeah, actually, uh, my husband and I listened to this podcast on the way to the airport. Oh, no. Yeah. He hadn't heard um, a couple of the episodes, so we caught up. We were driving late, so. Nine and a half weeks? (laughs) No. Uh, Dumb and Dumber, actually. (laughs) Okay. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. So what about you? Uh, well, I mean, t- we took a month off. My girlfriend moved in with me. and Congratulations. We've been, yeah, thank you. Kind of sort of dealing with all of that. It's going great. It's <laughs> great. It's, it, we're all having a good time. And she's probably listening outside the door. So <laughs> I love you. Um, Hi, Nikki. Yeah, but everything's going good. Good. Uh, I'm ready to get back into uh, uh, soundtrack shenanigans. Yes, me too. I felt like I wasn't listening to enough new music. Like, wait a second. <laughs> I've just been listening to the same crap over and over again. So <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is I, I need to need to dive into some new stuff. So mm-hmm. well, before we do, we do have a poll to discuss from our last episode, almost a month ago. Goodness, yeah. What have, what have we been doing with our lives? Ugh, this show and nothing <laughs> else. Uh, so on Valentine's Day, we released our episode on the film Nine and a Half Weeks. Which was a, a fun time, let me tell you. <laughs> um, but uh, so our poll was which asking you which was the best song on the Nine and a Half Weeks soundtrack. Um, winning this poll pretty handily with fifty percent was uh, Joe Cocker's "You Can Leave Your Hat On." Obvs. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, second place with twenty five percent, we had Brian Ferry's "Slave to Love." Slave to love. Yeah, quarter of y'all just couldn't get that out of your heads. Um, then we had uh, a two a two way tie for third place. Uh, black on black and the city never sleeps. Ooh, that's uh, both our second favorites. So yeah, so that kind of that kind of works out. Nice. Everybody everybody had a good time with that one. I think. Good. Yeah, that was a, a fun episode, even though it was super awkward. It was somewhat stressful for me. Yes. Delightful. <laughs> Well, I get I get to pay you back in in full this week because oh, uh, <laughs> motorhead full. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Okay. <laughs> so this week, uh, this is one of our on the fives episodes where we talk, kind of talk about uh, uh, just whatever. Basically, it's countdowns. It's a, it's a countdown. It's a chance to kind of cut loose and and count down some random stuff that we might not otherwise talk about. Now, we were going to do an Oscar show, but as our schedules uh, kind of went haywire, we figure we're a month behind the Oscars. So next year, we'll we'll get a little better planning in place. Yeah, maybe next year. Uh, but we do, I, as I learned doing research, we do have an Oscar winner on this list, kind of, sort of. So we'll get to be? that. I, who could it be? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, what we're doing tonight, this is... 
uh, 90s soundtrack covers. Cover songs from 90s movie soundtracks. Sort of an extended under the covers yeah, uh, series. Yeah. Because the 90s like, was, was when everybody went cover crazy. Like That was the big thing in movie soundtracks. It was like, who can get the weirdest, wackiest cover song? Done by whatever band was popular at that exact hot minute. At that exact moment. And there's some songs that we're not going to cover because we figured, like, well, we'll get to that soundtrack at some point. You know, like, we, like uh, we're not going to talk about The Bodyguard tonight. That's a little obvious. Uh, we're not going to talk about, uh, you know, The Big Lebowski or um, trying to think of another good one that we missed. Uh, Can't Hardly Wait. That one's out there still. But uh, these are movies and soundtracks that uh, we probably will not ever do a full episode on. Uh, and you're about to so, find out why. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, Libby, do you want to kick us off? What is, what's, what's, your number t- what's number 10 on this list here? Yes. And these aren't in any sort of particular order as far as a countdown. So yeah. uh, we're really just uh, just running through. So don't take it as this is the most favorite or this is the least favorite uh i'm gonna start with the uh, white zombie i'm your boogeyman from the crow city of angels let's hear a clip thought that we would have ever gotten back to the crow not me (laughs) certainly not me and actually this is a soundtrack that i'm gonna have to check out because uh i almost picked holes cover of fleetwood max gold dust woman Ooh. so that would have been fun but um but i've always loved i'm your boogeyman now the version i always knew was the remix version from super sexy swing and sounds but I love this fusion of real, like, trash metal <laughs> and disco. This one, I, uh, it's such a bump and grind. And it's, I, I yeah. dig that. And this was originally written by uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where Rob Zombie got the idea to cover it. You sort of wonder, how did they get the idea? Like, yeah, I'm Rob Zombie. I'm going to listen to some disco and cover it. Well, like the whole white zombie kind of thing, it's it's not that far removed from disco, so it's like not too crazy. It's just like they turned the distortion on the guitars way up and just went yeah. nuts, basically. Yeah, I remember somewhere, um, it's not in a film soundtrack, but like Disturbed covered Genesis Land of Confusion. I just love the idea of like the lead singer of Disturbed, yeah. like going into like band practice, being like, motherfucking Genesis, let's do this. <laughs> Fucking Phil Collins, metal of shit. It's like the, those two are in a band with corn covering cameos word up. <laughs> those three are all kind of the same song. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is a great one to put on Halloween party mix. Mm-hmm. Either in any version. Um, I kind of prefer the Rob Zombie or the sorry, the white zombie version. Uh, really like get everybody out there, you know, shaking their thing out on the dance floor. Yeah, like my my only complaint with this is like it I don't I don't feel like the same like groove that I do with the Casey and the Sunshine Band version. Like not that I'm expecting this to sound like that, but it I don't know. Something about this doesn't strike me as danceable. 
I maybe think that's this, just me. Yeah, uh, I actually think this is more danceable in oh, a weird God. way. Yeah, like, well, you've just never seen me on the dance floor. I've never been to one of your parties. That's true. My parties rule, so come yeah, on up. That's true. Bring okay. the misses. I will. We'll do it. <laughs> but I do. I love their, like, sleazy techno hardcore sound, which is not something you would expect from me, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone who... Like, last night, in my dreams, I was wearing a Steely Dan shirt. <laughs> of course you were. It was I specifically my 2018 tour shirt. Mm, right. Not to be confused with all of my other Steely Dan shirts, but yeah. And I didn't like, uh, I didn't like White Zombie until much, much, much later. Because I like things after they're popular. Yeah, I mean, that's how it goes, really. Yeah. Ten years later, I'm like, fuck yeah, you guys heard of this White Zombie shit? I like things when I can't go see them on tour anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I also find Rob Zombie extraordinarily silly. He's a cartoon character. I know. He's just like, ooh, you're a really spooky man. Look at you. I mean, honestly, the best like Rob Zombie thing is is his appearance on Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Yes. Do you remember that episode? Yes. (laughs) Where Space Ghost just goes off and does his own thing and he winds up getting interviewed by like Grandpa Ghost, which is actually Macho Man Randy Savage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'll have to put that in the uh the show notes it's a good one yeah i love space ghost but um yeah i just yeah. like i said i i i have a deep deep love for this one and so to find out it originated on the city of angels soundtrack does nothing to diminish that love although it probably should we I'll will never good. cover city or the crow city of angels y'all are gonna be lucky if we cover the film city of angels I was about to say, we should differentiate that right now. <laughs> Someone might be confused. I don't know which would be worse. I would love to hear a white zombie in City of Angels, personally. White zombie covering... Uh, I'm your boogeyman? Uh, no, I was going to say uh, covering Iris. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. Have you ever heard Guar covering uh, Get Out of My Dreams and Into My Car? Yes the most yes. amazing it's kind of like that it's fantastic get in the fucking car oh my god <laughs> so hey uh speaking of uh speaking of fantastically stupid cover songs let's move on to my number nine which is which is hellraiser by the band motorhead let's take a quick <laughs> listen do we have to Okay, so this song comes from the soundtrack to Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Oh, God. We're big on the sequels tonight, aren't we? Oh, hell yeah. yeah <laughs> we kind of are, actually. There's a, there's several sequels in this one. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a happy accident, isn't it? <laughs> but, uh, no, this, so, uh, this song was originally written by Ozzy Osbourne with Lemmy from Motorhead. Ozzy recorded it first, released it on his album No More Tears, and then Motorhead recorded its second, and it wound up getting released on the Hellraiser 3 soundtrack and getting, and also getting the music video somehow for that movie. And honestly, if you're going to watch Hellraiser 3, just watch the video for this song. It's a lot shorter <laughs> and probably a lot dumber. 
And that makes it more fun. Somebody needs to get that guy a lozenge. Oh, that's very growly. He is. He was born with 30 pounds of gravel in his throat. (laughs) And I honestly kind of respect that. Like anybody who can make that voice a rock star is like a genius to me. (laughs) And that's kind of why I love this song list, because like the the bass groove is really is really good to me. Like I, I like it a lot more than the Ozzy version. And Lemmy's just like full on dedication to singing about like the rock and roll lifestyle. Like I believe it when he says shit like you know. Sometimes it feels so tough, but I still ain't had enough. <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's dumb, <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's supremely dumb. Uh, songs about the rock and roll lifestyle are like in my list of things I hate in songs. Mm. I don't like songs about how much California sucks. Don't like songs about uh, uh, the rock and roll lifestyle. I don't like songs about heroin. That's like a weird thing with me. I I mean, it's mostly because it's just so many of all of those. Yeah, I think so. And also just heroin skews me out. Mm -hmm. Needles. So, like, a song about a rock musician buying heroin in California is, like, the worst song ever to you, right? Yeah, I'm sure Billy Joel's going to write it any day now. Just <laughs> kidding. Billy Joel hasn't written a song in 25 years. He wrote, he's probably written that song 10 times by now. What are we talking about? <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Um, I wish he was that cool. <laughs> so, I'll, a couple, two more things I'll say about the song and we can move on. First is that the music video is great because it's, it's Lemmy playing poker against Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies and winning and Pinhead being so salty about it. <laughs> like you are not Pinhead. You are not more metal than Lemmy. Don't even try. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's more metal than Lemmy. Nobody's more metal than Lemmy. Also, because I have to point this kind of stuff out. Hellraiser three was filmed here in Greensboro. Nice. And if you see, was like, it the, filmed on the, the set of the crow? No, unfortunately not. But, like, if you see in the short clips in the video of, like, the girl running down the city street, it takes place in New York City. For some reason, they thought Greensboro could double as New York. Sure, I get it confused with uh, New York all the time. It does not at all. And, like, the nightclub where most of the film takes place, where, or, and where most of the film is shot, is now an arcade called The Boxcar, and it's a fantastic little bar. Oh, we should go there. Great. Yeah. When eventually I come visit you. Libby, come and visit me and the set of Hellraiser Three. <laughs> yes, we're gonna go on a tour of all the of everything that was shot in Greensboro. Of, of all, bo- of all, both of the things that were shot in Greensboro. Was it uh, my fellow Americans also shot there? Like, well, Greensboro and North Carolina are two different things. Okay, I th- yeah. Uh, well, like, like a lot, a lot of films that I talk about were made in Wilmington, and a lot, of, and okay. then this was filmed here where I live. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. There's. There you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get excited about these things. No, that's that's a lot of fun. And oh, the only things that are filmed here are stupid movies made by idiots. Listen, Noah Baumbach is many things. I don't know how to finish the sentence. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on. What's what's uh, your number eight? My uh, my next one is Ballroom Blitz from Wayne's World. Uh, as performed by Tia Carrere. Let's uh, let's go to a clip. Everybody was 
this is a, this is an excellent choice. This by the song way. rules so hard. This is my first choice. Like when when you proposed this theme on our, for our on the fives, this was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> it's funny because like this whole list was was uh, inspired by Hellraiser, and now we're moving on to Ballroom Blitz. I love it. <laughs> you just you're like I want to talk about Hellraiser. So I want to talk gonna... about Hellraiser three. What what? Fight me. Without actually making Libby watch Hellraiser three. I appreciate hey, that. Small favors. Okay? I appreciate that. You're still in the doghouse for uh, Dumb and Dumber. Well, I, I've I've built a summer cottage out here, so it's <laughs> fine. Um, hey, so Ballroom Blitz is great, and also this cover I think is better. Like I most. agree. I have a soft spot for the original, uh, which is by Sweet. Yes. And because in the beginning they do sort of a back and forth. Because in college, my friend Steve's roommate was my friend Andy. <laughs> I put this on a mix for both of them. And I'm sure they thought that was terribly clever. It, yes, they were actually quite impressed. Uh, Steve Major, I think, uh, listens to this podcast. So Steve, if you're listening, I still think of you when I hear ballroom blitz. Uh, I do. Up, this Steve? one, yeah, this one feels more like a blitz. It's Yeah, it's cleaner than the original, but it's also like... I don't know. I think it rocks a little harder because it definitely T- rocks. Like Tia's a thousand. voice, Tia can wail. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, she rocks a thousand times harder. And you know, everybody always talks about the Bohemian Rhapsody scene oh, in yeah. Wayne's World, but this is this is what really steals it for me. Yeah, like every like most people just remember that scene now the the Bohemian Rhapsody car headbanging scene. But like most of Wayne's World is pretty legit as far as music scenes go. Yeah. It's it's like we might we might want to do this whole soundtrack at some point at some point. But um, we're talking about it here. You heard it here first. Um, This one was also covered by The Damned, Mm -hmm. who uh, we get a cover of on the Tommy Boy soundtrack. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. The Goo Dolls cover. Wait for Blackout. Yes, and the Batman Forever soundtrack with uh, the Offspring. That's right, covering "Smash It Up." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Sweet was incredibly influential. Uh, they were a glam rock band, but uh, really, really influential on uh, punk as well. Yeah, yeah, and and this is this is this song in particular. I feel like got covered a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the been a million covers, and this one's the best. I, I agree. Hard agree. Wow. Hey, All right. Uh, in 1979, this song was covered by The Damned, which featured Lemmy from Motorhead. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't stop talking about Motorhead tonight. Actually, my favorite um, use of Motorhead is uh, Ace of Spades in the film Shoot 'em Up with Clive Owen and Paul Giamatti. Ooh, yeah, good call. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a, a great metal soundtrack. Mm hmm. Also, also, it's got Clive Owen and Paul Giamatti. Of course, who doesn't love who doesn't love shoot 'em up? Um, I also want to talk about this this music video. Did you watch the video for this song? Yes. It's, I mean, it's a crucial taunt video. That's that's uh, what's her name, Cassandra's band. Yeah. But also, it's like a music video directed by Wayne and Garth, and it's exactly as silly as that sounds. Yeah, they're uh, you know they have the like expensive lightning special effects, but mm-hmm. it's just the text of that. Yeah, it just says uh, it, so that counts. Yeah, and there isn't a whole lot of, like, movie footage. I think there's a little bit. Yeah, it's mostly just, like, Wayne's World jokes made about the video in the video. Yeah, which I like because a lot of times these, you know, the music video 
it just incorporates scenes yeah from the film alternating with uh you know scenes of the band performing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i can't believe like as obsessed as i was with wayne's world back in the day i never saw this video until we started researching for this yeah this is i've only seen wayne's world a handful of times uh just again i was sort of a tommy boy fan as far as those yeah post snl movies wayne's world is good though yeah, up. like when uh, when my family first like got HBO and my dad realized you can tape stuff off a TV, he made me a videotape and it was Wayne's World followed by the Adams Family, and I watched that 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 tape like until it broke. Basically, that is a great tape. I would watch that all the time. <laughs> it was my favorite tape. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I still love Wayne's World. It's great. I should give it another watch, but yeah. maybe maybe for this podcast. Maybe maybe some other time. Yeah. All right. So what? Uh... What Motorhead song do we have? What what thing is Lemmy guest on as our next? Well, our next entry. Lemmy head or uh, Lemmy head, yes. <laughs> Lemmy and Amy Man, perhaps. <sighs> oh, you see, you're just you're, you're teasing me, but you're just like making me dream about these wonderful cover songs that could have been. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Lemmy. Oh, oh I know. No, but the next one on our list, um is actually a favor to you, Libby. It's Pump It Up by Mud Honey, originally written and performed by Elvis Costello. Is that what you're calling this? I'm trying to. I don't know. I don't know what to call this anymore. I'm just. I'm having fun here, and I want to. Ha- I want you to have fun with me. I'm always having fun. So yeah, talk to me a little bit about this one. Okay, so this one comes from the movie PCU, which is one of those like mid '90s Comedy Central movies that was just on all the time about you know uh, a. a college campus and all of the uh uh ridiculous college students who do things that are either pc politically correct or un-pc and it's very like the snobs versus slobs kind of thing but this song pump it up appears like three or four times in that film (laughs) and it's mostly during like dumb shenanigans it's a too much of a good thing of pcu exactly it really is yeah and i feel like I feel like the so I listened to these songs back to back, and I've 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 known the Elvis Costello version for years, but I I like the the Mud Honey version, but I also kind of feel like they're missing something. And partly, I put this on this list because I wanted to just talk about the difference between the two. Yeah, it's um the the Elvis Costello version is one of my favorite. Elvis Costello songs um I think I've seen him do it live two or three times and it always the thing you need to know about going to see Elvis Costello with me is I will scream like I'm having the best orgasm of my life (laughs) like every other song Mm -hmm. I will I'm like embarrassing just like how much I lose my shit um this one I I like that it was you know kind of fuzzed up and grungy it felt ever so slightly down tempo mm, yeah i've never been a huge fan of mud honey although 
they do come from Seattle, and every record store I went to had like a thousand Mud Honey albums. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. Like I just kept seeing them. I didn't get to go. Um, the I went to Easy Street, which has a lot of sub pop records. I'm not sure if they're like aligned with them or if if, if that's like yeah, Easy they're... Street's record label or oh, what. Oh, I got you. Yeah. But um, they had Mud Honey albums just like spilling out into the streets. Yeah, like Mud Honey was always one of the. They were like the grunge band that never quite broke big. Yeah. So Nirvana I think were, got all the glory. Exactly, yeah. So, so Mud Honey was like the the band, like I guess probably like the Seattle band that I can't speak for everyone who lives in Seattle because I don't live in Seattle, but I assume that Mud Honey is like the band that they kind of hold near and dear to their hearts. Like the, America can never have our Mud Honey. <laughs> I don't know. I was only in Seattle for four <laughs> days, but um, well, I'll, I'll say. The Mud Honey version doesn't have the same kind of like nervous energy that the Elvis Costello version does. Yeah, it's not as punchy. The only thing I can think is they they don't feel like they're able to keep up with it, and as a yeah. result, you get this sound that sounds like every garage band, every open mic in the universe. Mm-hmm. It's they almost don't... yeah. Oh no, go on. It's almost like uh, they're too cool for the song, just a little bit. Like they think they're too cool for the song. Yeah, so no they don't will... have to put in the extra like effort to get that last bit of energy up yeah and no one is too cool for elvis elvis costello is the coolest motherfucker in the universe look i'm sure mud honey has never had to worry about trying to impress a girl at a party (laughs) that's what i think about when i hear the mud honey version of the song so you know what the song's about right no tell me it's about jerking off well (laughs) Good night, everybody. <laughs> and really, what rock songs aren't? I mean, yeah, pretty much all of them are, really. Yeah. You show me a rock song that's not about jerking it, and I'll show you a liar. That's. I right, let's refer back to uh, Hellraiser. Yeah. Mud Honey featuring Lemmy from Motorhead. <laughs> there it is. There it is, everybody. There we go. This is why I'm here. I guess the last thing about PCU is like it's basically the same Mud Honey song, like all over and over again until like the last ten minutes, which is just literally a George Clinton concert, and then yeah. it gets exponentially better because who does again? Who doesn't love George Clinton? Yeah, I uh, another great episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. George mm, Clinton. Yeah. And that actually, I uh, speaking of George Clinton, I was thinking of you while I was record shopping. Uh, really? Because I picked up uh, Was Not Was, Walk the Dinosaur. Not as good as the George Clinton version that appears on the Super Mario Brothers soundtrack. Oh, hell yeah. But also, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes. I Also, I want you all to know that I offered to buy Joe uh, Eric Clapton's It's in the Way That You Use It on 45 from The Color of Money, and he refused. I think the, the, the text I sent you back was literally just the word barf. <laughs> I actually found that at two different record stores. Huh. Like, same picture sleeve and everything. I've never seen it before. And then found it at two record stores. I mean, Seattle must just be, like, hoarding copies for some reason. <laughs> exactly. They just decided, like, no, we have all the copies of Eric Clapton's It's in the Way That You Use It from The Color of Money. Like, there's going to be, like, a speculator's market <laughs> on Eric Clapton's song- singles. One day the bubble's going to burst, y'all. <laughs> 
Okay, let's move on. Libby, what you got next? I have, uh, in a pick that will surprise no one, uh, TVI, uh, covered by Kurt Wilde of Wild Rats, originally by the Stooges, from Velvet Goldmine. Let's take a listen. I'm not big into glam rock, but any I am big or was big rather into Ewan McGregor, mm. who performs as uh, Kurt Wilde in Velvet Goldmine, and this song features what I believe is the first, but certainly not last, cinematic appearance of Ewan McGregor's penis. Yikes! So, which he gets out and waves at everybody because he's Ewan McGregor. That's mm-hmm. what he likes to do. Uh, I mean, before he was in Star Wars, he had to get attention somehow, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this version, I I used to like it a lot more than I do now. Um, I think before I heard the Stooges version, Ewan McGregor's voice is too pretty. Mm. You don't believe him as a glam rock singer. <laughs> uh, it's just, he's trying to be Iggy Pop and it's just not working out for him. He does... Uh, jerk off glitter like he covers himself in oil and then spills glitter on himself and he's like jerking off the glitter into uh into the audience and i recall saying to a friend of mine i wish you and mcgregor would jerk glitter off onto me uh and i think that was like her away message on aim for like a week she thought that was the funniest thing anyone had ever said <laughs> I have that, like, written in a quote book somewhere. Oh, my God. It's a very 2004 thing to say. Yeah, and now it's immortalized on the internet forever. Yep, well, I regret nothing. I'm... Zero regrets. This is, no, I, I actually enjoyed this one. And it occurred to me, like, I've, I don't think I've ever heard a bad Stooges cover, but I'm sure they exist. Yeah, I mean, I think the cover of uh, The Passenger by Susie and the Banshees, I think that's a better cover than the original. But um, this, I'm going to defer back to the Stooges. Yeah. And Iggy Pop's so goddamn adorable now. Because, yeah. like, he was on uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yeah, he's known as Dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, like, he's sort of like this old old dad. Uh, he's great in coffee and cigarettes. He has a scene with Tom Waits. And he's just sort of hapless. and. He's great for two seconds in The Color of Money. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it all comes back to Iggy Pop. Uh, Iggy. You know, if Lemmy had showed up for like half a second in Color Money, I would not have been surprised. <laughs> he probably did. Just you know, didn't know it yet. Maybe, yeah. Where There's... you only saw one set of footsteps, that was where Lemmy carried you. That is more true than you know. <laughs> There's actually the Velvet Goldmine soundtrack would be worth listening to if we didn't have to watch Velvet Goldmine, which is an incomprehensible mess of a film. Yeah, I know people who really love it, but it's just it, it's not an era of music and that I and you know stuff like that that I'm just really into. So I don't know that I'd ever get much out of it. I all the girls I knew who were really into Velvet Goldmine were the type of girls who hopelessly pursued gay men. Mm. And we're always unhappy. 
Interesting. It was a, there was a very specific type of girl who liked Velvet Goldmine. I don't think it would hold up, but there, I mean, the songs that are in the style of are much better than the covers. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Ballad of Maxwell Demon, the whole shebang, those are the better songs. The covers, Ewan McGregor just doesn't have what it takes to be Iggy Pop. I just don't think that they're quite there yet. Yeah. Although the cover of 20th Century Boy is pretty good. It's probably because Tom York is involved, and Tom York is great, but not quite ever what you need him to be. (laughs) He's pretty great, question mark, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. He's just not quite there. Not quite there yet. All right. So what's up next for you? All right. Uh, some people are going to be like, why is this not number one? It's in the middle of the list. Because uh, we're not putting them in any sort of order. And also because it would be super obvious to put the song one at number one. And that's yes. dumb. <laughs> this is this is one by Amy Mann from the movie Magnolia. It's just no good anymore since you went away. Now I spend my time just making rhymes of yesterday because one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do so yeah talk to me about uh, amy land doing one okay so this is this is originally uh, written by harry nilson but i think the the version that everybody knows is by three dog night yes and the three dog night version is it's fantastic it's great it's fine uh, okay Mickey and I got to see Three Dog Night in concert last year, and they did one at the very, very end of the show, and it was everything. That's cool. They were fantastic. Their version is very theatrical and kind of dramatic, and I think what I like about this cover is that it's really not. It's a little more pared down. It's a little more muted. It's very like isolated and kind of sad, which is perfect because that's basically what Magnolia, the movie, is about. Mm-hmm. It's just like a collection of little short stories of like the loneliest people on the planet. <laughs> and sometimes they get together and sometimes they don't. But then like this song is the song that like kicks off the entire film over the opening credits with that that very tight kind of um, that keyboard like drone. Doot, 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 mm-hmm. doot. I love it. Actually, when I started playing this as I was going through this list, um, Ian started singing along. <laughs> he knew this one instantly and he knew this version. I love Amy Mann. She is perfect. I got to see her in concert two or three years ago with my friend Heather. And this is she's the perfect person to do this cover. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody who could do it more justice because she is just weird enough. Like this has such a strange discordant arrangement to it. Yeah, yeah. But her voice is very tender. But she's just ever so slightly odd. She's not like a quirky girl. The way you know some of some of the later acts that we have coming up are. Yeah. She's just ever so slightly dry and a touch sour, but good humored about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good so, way to put it. I I love Amy yeah. Man. Her album Charmer is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. albums 
and uh, she did the whole soundtrack to Magnolia. Mm-hmm. So like all the yep. pretty much all the songs in that film are great. Yeah, and she's the, she's she's got she's got what it takes. I don't know why I'm sa- talking to like like I'm a fucking uh, American Idol judge. She's got well, what it takes to make the number one spot, but apparently not because it's number five. <laughs> My only beef with Amy Mann uh-huh. is that she toured with Jonathan Colton, who I hate, and. During his extremely annoying set, she came out and was like, oh, I was just listening to Billy Joel backstage. I'm like, why are you doing this to me, Amy? (laughs) I drove two hours to see you. Why? Why are you hurting me like this? I didn't do anything to you. That answers my next question, because I was going to ask, like, I know she's associated with somebody, but I can't remember who. I I never would have guessed to me that it was Jonathan Colton. (laughs) Well, she's married to Michael Penn, whose album March is... One was one of my favorite albums in like 2005. Oh yeah, that's right. So and who who also uh, I think appeared on the Godzilla soundtrack and we didn't talk about him at all. No, because it was not a good song. Nope. So Mr. Amy Man on the Godzilla soundtrack. Mr. Amy Man. Also, uh, if if you've ever seen The Big Lebowski, Amy Man is is the the German nihilist who cuts off her toe. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, she's also great on Portlandia. Oh, I, I see. I haven't seen a lot of Portlandia, so I didn't know she was on that. Her skit is very, very, very funny. Cool, um, cool. But this is actually the version that I know best. I Me know too. the Three Dog Night version, but this one sort of got into my subconscious because I hadn't thought about it in a while. And then when I played it, I was like, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yes, I do know this one. So. There- there's something extremely 90s about this this version, too. It is violently 90s. It's violently, aggressively 90s. It might be the most 90s song on here. It's peak 90s, and all I can say is that I've got one more loaded that might be more 90s, but we'll see in a minute. No, it's it's hard to get more 90s than Amy Man. As the 90s bore on, yeah. like this, It just got more and more 90s as it went, and then it peaked at Magnolia. <laughs> and that just... A slow, steady decline from yeah, the 90s. Pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on. Libby, what's uh, what's coming up at number four? In a move that should surprise no one, uh, I'm actually going to a second, oh, wait, a second Mike Myers movie. I almost had three on this playlist, which we'll talk about at the end. Uh, this is Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach covering I'll Never Fall in Love Again. Let's go to a clip. What do you get when you fall in love? A guy with him to burst your bubble That's what you get through all your trouble I never fall in love again I never fall in love Now this is hard because it's not quite a cover because Burt Bacharach wrote it with Hal David uh, for the musical Promises Promises. It appears on his album, uh, Make It Easy on Yourself, but the most famous version is by Dionne Warwick. Yeah, that's the one I know. Yeah, And that's kind of the one that everybody knows, except for me, because this was the first time I'd heard it when seeing Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. <laughs> and this might be, when I, th- I know we talked about, so the first time I heard Elvis Costello being on the Wedding Singer soundtrack, but this actually might have been the first because i didn't see the wedding singer until i was a little older like late teens 
Mm-hmm. So this might have been my first exposure to Elvis Costello. And I should have fallen in love right then, but I'll never fall in love again. Um, <laughs> the, it's just, it's so just luxurious and lovely. And, and Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach have collaborated. Uh, they, he's a huge influence on, on Elvis Costello. And they wrote the album Painted from Memory together on his most recent album, Look Now, which just won a Grammy. So oh, nice. y- yeah, it won a like 2019 Grammy, even though it was made in 2018, like late 2008, it, whatever. He deserves all the awards. <laughs> He's fucking amazing. He wrote Pump It Up. Uh, yeah, of course. But they collaborated on uh, the song Photographs Can Lie. And Burt Bacharach is still alive. He's still touring. He's like 92 years old and he still performs. And when I saw Elvis Costello this summer laying out under the stars, it is about 200 degrees out. I have already soaked with sweat through my extremely skanky sundress. I just wanted to look nice for him. And he says, I was talking to Burt Bacharach earlier this evening. He just finished a concert in Ireland. And he says hello to all of you. And this is a song we wrote together. And he proceeded to play Photographs Can Lie. And I proceeded to swoon backwards onto the lawn of Bethel Woods. <laughs> it's just like the most romantic thing he'd ever. It's just so, what a romantic thing to say. What a lovely thing to say. This is very high. Getting back to this song, it's very high in the running for like the most lovely song ever. It's extremely it lovely. And the, it's in the middle of a film that has a character who is fat. That is his only trait is that he is fat. It's the loveliest song in the middle of literally the dumbest film. And I actually went and rewatched this by Shag because uh, this appears only on like the physical soundtrack. Right. It's not on streaming. And so I went and I rewatched this by who shagged me just for this scene it is exactly as dumb as i remember this scene is as beautiful as i remember and unfortunately it appears in the night it's when they go back in time to the 1960s and elvis mm-hmm. costello would have been a very young man at that point <laughs> yeah he's like a oh. full-grown adult <laughs> oh i hadn't thought about that and then burt breckrock is just like has always been in you know 80 years old <laughs> yes <laughs> i hadn't thought about that yeah <laughs> Because he's like, Elvis Costello, Burt Bacharach. Yeah, he would have been a child, maybe a young man. Yeah. He's only like in his late 60s, I think. Well, yeah, this this is made like a thousand times better for the fact that they actually show up in the film for no reason singing this song. Yes. It completely (laughs) skewing the timeline. Uh, Maybe Elvis Costello is a time traveler. I don't know. We don't know, but, you know, maybe. I hope so. Probably. He's so amazing. Why wouldn't he be? I love him. I just, I think he's really sexy. I don't know. It's going back to pump it up. Like I said, I will, I will either scream or swoon. Those are like my two Elvis Costello emotions. I chose to swoon. Um, I'd love to hear him do this live. Um, I know he has. Uh, not recently. Okay. If you're listening, Declan. Would you please? Do, do me this solid, man. Would you do me this favor? Oh, boy. So uh, next on the list here is a song that, like, I had heard back in the day and then I only rediscovered very recently. It's um, Fiona Apple covering the Beatles across the universe for the film Pleasantville. 
Let's go to a clip. Images of broken light which dance before me like a million eyes. They call me on and on across the universe. Thoughts meander like a restless wind inside a letterbox. Pleasantville is such a good movie. It really is. As much as I like it, every time I think about it and try to think about like what the plot is and what the sort of hook is, something about the metaphor doesn't quite connect, but I don't care. Yeah. You know? Uh, this is... I, I'm not a Beatles fan. I'm just not. Um, mm-hmm. And this version really allows me to enjoy this song which i think is a brilliant song and and i'm fine with the beatles version but her her voice has this great wounded tenderness to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i don't think she's able to bring that out in the song the way i don't think that um that the beatles could yeah and i think i think she's better at like i guess enunciating better than John Lennon, which I know is probably going to get me lots of hate tweets, and I don't care. Yeah. But I think the way she performs it and the way she sort of, I guess, gets those lyrics across is just, it's so it's so beautiful, and it's so, I don't know exactly what the word is now, but it's something about the John the way John Lennon sang it just never worked for me. It's, yeah, he it's, doesn't sound like he's into it and yeah she... I, I i almost don't believe it yeah she, she is so effervescent mm-hmm. and the music again i go back to the music video so much but like that's how i experience a lot of the stuff as a kid and now re-experiencing it now the music video is basically fiona apple performing the song while the people of pleasantville tear apart the this diner and it's mm-hmm. all in black and white and all in slow motion it's lovely and it's sad that they're destroying such a uh, an amazing, you know, ni- 1950s-esque diner scene. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, um, who yeah. plays the diner owner in Pleasantville? I'm fairly certain it's Jeff Daniels. Yes, it is. <laughs> so he went from Dumb and Dumber to Pleasantville. Yeah. Pleasantville is... I, I haven't thought about Pleasantville in forever, but I remember just absolutely loving the shit out of that movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and I love this cover. There's uh there's another cover of this that's on another soundtrack. Do you have you heard that one? Is it from the movie Across the Universe? No. Oh, Rufus wow. okay. Wainwright covers it for I Am Sam in really? 2002. Oh, okay. And that is an absolutely stunning cover. It it takes what Fiona Apple did mm-hmm. and takes it just up one more notch. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. It is glorious mm. wow i love i love rufus wainwright <laughs> so uh, i don't quite fit our theme here by two years but it, this is one that's uh that's covered pretty frequently yeah yeah and again like i like i just mentioned like uh, they made an entire movie out of this song uh, when i was working at fye they used to put that soundtrack on and i was like if you put this on one more time i will kill people it was, the, so it, was the, it was the worst. Could you apply for workers' comp for that? God, it was so bad. Just oh. play the fucking Beatles. 
Yeah, just play point, the Beatles song. Really. I don't need to hear Evan Rachel Wood singing fucking Beatles songs. Yeah. For Christ's sakes. <laughs> so, moving on. Number two, Libby, what you got? I have uh, Sting covering Windmills of Your Mind from the Thomas Crown Affair. Let's take a listen. Like a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning, on an ever spinning wheel, like a snowball down a mountain, or a carnival balloon, like a carousel that's burning, running rings around the moon, like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the now, the original version of this, here's what's neat about this song, is that the song Windmills, The Windmills of Your Mind is from the Thomas Crown Affair, the 1968 version, and it's sung by Dusty Springfield. Mm. Uh, and we don't have another song like that that was already on a soundtrack. But uh, I, I've got a real soft spot for Sting. And actually, what would be really funny here is if you found the Simpsons clip okay. where uh, Sting is. It's the one where Bart pretends he fell down the well. And Krusty goes like, oh, Sting. <laughs> sting. Um, but also, the original, the Dusty Springfield version, actually won the Oscar for Best Original Song in 1968. Yes. Yes, and it, it should have because it's incredible. This version is, it, it keeps with that just like luscious, delectable sound. I really love Sting's uh, jazz inflected music. I don't entirely love like his Dream of the Blue Turtles phase, but um, songs like Moon Over Bourbon Street mm-hmm. just like lay me out flat. <laughs> so. Now, this was the song, like, when I when I showed my girlfriend Nikki this entire list, this was the one she point, pinpointed and said, like, that's the, I love that song. Like, I love a, Thomas Crown Affair. I love Windmills of Your Mind. That's great. Yeah, and actually, I've never seen the Thomas Crown Affair. That's the one on my list that I haven't seen. It is apparently uh, one of my husband's favorite movies. I, I hear it's quite good. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, so it, one of these days we're going to have to watch it. It stars uh, Pierce Brosnan. Also known as 007, the mm. uh, James Bond for one of our best and worst songs from the, our James Bond episode. Yeah. He was James Bond for Tomorrow Never Dies, uh, our worst song, and Surrender, our best. And this was also like in that period where, so Pierce Brosnan was James Bond, and nobody else knew what to do with him but just make other movies kind of like James Bond. I don't think we gave Pierce Brosnan enough. We we let Hugh Grant get what Pierce Brosnan should have had. Oh, yeah, totally. Because, like, you see... Okay, I'm actually going to pull uh, the Mamma Mia reference out. You see him in, like, my, my Mamma Mia, and he's like, you can, he's having fun. You know he knows how to have fun in movies. But then movies just don't let him have fun. Yeah, he's delightful. He's great, yeah. Who yeah. doesn't love Pierce Brosnan? But, uh... Going like, back to sorry, it's like no. in it's it's like in um uh Mrs. Doubtfire where when yes. Pierce Brosnan is like the other guy and it's like he's he's done nothing wrong but we're supposed to hate him why? Because he's British. Because he's British and he's stealing Robin Williams' kids, I guess. I don't know. But he's I, so he's so delightful. He's yeah. Uh, shout out to my friend Liz who put this on a mix for me, uh, right after college. So she was actually how I discovered this song. You just, you want to get lost in it. 
This is a really great. Yeah, this is a really great. This is a really smooth, really ple- again pleasant isn't quite the right word, but no, because it's, it's it's there's too much of it. It's luxurious. to simply be pleasant. Yes, so yes. it's like exotica. Yeah, you you, you want to bathe in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that it's leaves you time. with with our uh, our number one. Oh my god, so much pressure, and I hope it delivers. The movie that the number one song comes from is a movie probably nobody remembers or cares about or cares for. The 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Time Cop. (laughs) But the theme song for this movie is flat out fucking great. It's the cover of The Outsider's Time Won't Let Me by The Smithereens. Let's go to a clip. Oh, yeah. fun song i know and i i don't know a whole lot about the smithereens but they're one of those bands that people keep telling me i need to get into and every song i listen to theirs i love so this is going to be the year just like i said last year was going to be my year of tom jones uh this is going to be my year for the smithereens Mm -hmm. and i feel like this song uh is a piece of that and so i thank you joe for welcoming me into this world absolutely i think i think you can only get this song if you get the the smithereens like greatest hits collection Mm -hmm. because i don't think it's officially on the time cop soundtrack but there the music video is very much a time cop music video yeah like jean-claude van damme is like directing the band and he looks like he's having such a good time he's probably just like thigh deep in cocaine oh yeah he's having a a wonderful time like the band's playing the song like in the time cop facility and and meanwhile there's a there's a a a harmonica fill going on in the background and jean-claude van damme is playing the harmonica and dancing throughout this entire he's just like freaking out just loving it loving life we should all aim to be as happy as jean-claude van damme in the video for time won't let me (laughs) now who did the original of this so the original is by the band The Outsiders, who were, you know, they were an American band in the 60s, kind of sort of piggybacking on the whole sort of uh, British invasion sound that was going on at the time with the Beatles and the Kinks and things like that. Mm-hmm. And this was, I, I guess this is their most, uh, their most famous hit, because I don't know any of their Outsiders songs. <laughs> but uh, I, this one was covered, this, I have to imagine I've heard this covered several times in my life Um, it did seem familiar this has been covered by the smithereens by iggy pop on his one album party eddie and the hot rods on their album fish and chips and the pie tasters released a version of the song on their 1997 album willis so this seems like like the the favorite song of like garage rock people basically yeah it's well it's got that that great jangle pop sound yeah, yeah. Well, if garage and bands it's... love it, I'm surprised Mud Honey didn't cover it. Oh, they would have fucked it up. Like it, <laughs> like they would have covered it and made it not sound like a love song. They would have found a way to make this like super, like too cool for like the girl yeah. that it's being written for. You know, <laughs> we're sorry, Ugh. Mud Honey. We're sure you're perfectly nice. Yeah, your your appearance in the Chris Farley movie uh, Black Sheep is great, and we love that. Yeah, kill Whitey. <laughs> No, 
Oh, man. But yes, I'll put the music video for uh, this and most of all of our other songs in the show notes for you to enjoy. So please check out our show notes at the end of this episode. Yes. Now, not all soundtrack covers are created equal. And for every Time Won't Let Me and One and I'm Your Boogeyman, there are a ton of covers that are so bad that we have to share them with you right now. Mm-hmm. We have only chosen two because we could make bad covers like an entire new episode. And we probably will. And we probably will. But we're going to tease you with just a taste right now. <laughs> so, okay, Libby, uh, what's the one, what's your like dishonorable mention? We'll call it that. So my dishonorable mention, this is the worst. This might be the worst song I've ever heard in my life. And this is the Cherry Pop and Daddies covering Jump in the Line, Shake Sonora by Harry Belafonte on the Basketball soundtrack from 1998. Let's take a listen. I hate every word you just said. It, it is the worst. And we talked about on The Mask how I'm a sucker for Neil Swing. Mm-hmm. This, in theory, on paper, to 1998 Libby, seems like a great thing because I love this song. It, it's used to, you know, perfect, perfect utilization in Beetlejuice, Apparently, it's in the musical. It's like, don't come at me with that shit. But, I mean, that's what everybody thinks of when they think of this song. It's a classic. Harry Belafonte is a national fucking treasure. And then a bunch of white dudes from Oregon come along and skank it up. Are you for fucking real? (laughs) And I think I heard them. I I might be mistaken. I might have this might be a false memory, but I feel like I saw them perform this on Viva Variety, the short-lived uh, variety show on Comedy Central. That sounds too believable to be made up. <laughs> it is like, an incredibly like hyper-specific 1998 thing to say. Yes, I was thinking about Viva Variety just the other day. Actually, <laughs> I, I somehow found my way to to uh, uh, Michael Ian e. Black singing a, a love song to Miss Pac-Man, and. <laughs> Oh boy, 1998 was a trip, huh? Yeah, why did we ever let that happen? I don't know. Yes, but I remember finally hearing this, like thinking like, oh, well that could be good, and then hearing it and being like, why would a just and merciful God allow this to happen? Well, there's like, only there's only one 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 answer to that question, Libby. <laughs> there is no God. No, God hates us and he wants us to suffer. I guess so. But, I mean, I don't like... I'm not a fan of South Park. I don't like those guys. I think they are terrible and they have done so much damage to American discourse. I can't disagree. I will say that I enjoyed it when I was 12 and that's about where I want to leave it. Yeah. Um, But I think their worst crime, other than making it acceptable for 
racist to exist is creating a film where the cherry pop and daddies felt that they had the right mm-hmm. to cover Harry Belafonte. Yeah. That's I mean they've they've done so much already like and they didn't even they weren't even getting started when they did this to us, you know. know. So I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> Just the late nineties were just a fucking mess. They were That's a mess. all I can say. I mean, sometimes you get Amy Mann covering one. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you get just Pleasantville in general. Yeah, or in the middle of Austin Powers, you get Elvis Costello. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, then sometimes you get the Cherry Pop and Daddies covering Jumping the Lion Shake Sonara. Right. So Joe, drumroll please. Okay. I woke up one night when I was uh, very young and I saw a music video on TV because I left the TV on and it was an ad for the movie Small Soldiers where the little action figure guys are dancing around a boxing ring and boxing each other. And And this rap song was playing over it. And I remembered it for like 20 some years until the advent of YouTube when I could just look stuff up at random and I rediscovered it. My brain has had the song War by Bone Thugs and Harmony lodged in there for like 20 some years. And now I have to inflict it on you. What is it good for? a great thing because we have all of these fragmented memories of like yeah, small soldiers rap song and you put that in and the algorithm figures out that it you mean to look up war by bone thugs and harmony yes it knows exactly what you're talking about <laughs> and that's kind of terrifying <laughs> like we've we've created so many great things with the internet and technology Namely this podcast obviously of course yeah but then we've also created this this artificial intelligence that knows when I put in when I put in small soldiers rap, it's like, oh, were you talking about war by Bone Thugs and Harmony featuring Henry Rollins, Tom Morello, and Flea? Yes, you were. That was Henry Rollins. Oh yeah, it was Henry Rollins. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Henry Rollins. And then I was like, no. It, it couldn't be. He wouldn't do this. Oh, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? Tom Morello, I could see. Yeah, I mean, the guitar and the bass, like, that's, it's Tom Morello and Flea. Like, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, like, Flea, I feel like, but I was just Henry Rollins. I was like, ah, that that can't be. And it was. <laughs> and and I, I honestly don't know which one is worse. Is it Bone Thugs and Harmony saying, like, rapping about how it, how the new millennium will bring on World War Three? God, I hope so. Or is Anytime, it time, guys. Or is it Henry Rollins uh, rapping about, like, a cop shooting a friend of his. I don't know. It was bad. That was a, a me- and it's a fucking children's movie. It's a movie about fucking action figures that fight each other. And it's 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 an alright movie. It's whatever. I um, can't tell if that is the most punk thing that anyone has ever done or the biggest dumbest mess ever. Yes. <laughs> I mean, 
as yeah, you know what? As uh, any Shattered Shield fans listening to this will recognize this. Uh, it's it's both. As my friend Jay once said, it's both. It is both. And I can't even like defend the music video like I have so often on this episode because the music video is just a fucking mess. Where like it's early, cheap, crappy CGI where it's the two cartoon characters fighting each other. But then you have these two sets where like uh, one of the Bone Thugs guys and then Henry Rollins are like on in these weird contraptions and it just looks like a fucking headache. Yeah, it's... Production design could be a great thing, and it could also ruin everything. It's also sad when you realize that Small Soldiers was Phil Hartman's last film. Ooh, yeah, that does hurt. That's, that stings. Still hurts after all these years. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. And really, it, this was tough because uh, I found... I, one of my bad songs was eliminated by virtue of it being in 2000, and that was Madonna covering American Pie. Ooh. But it was was the the next best thing. Oh, my God. So. Yeah, you're right. Which I flipped through one night because my buddy Jay plays uh, a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like flipping through. I'm like, hey, I know that guy. (laughs) He's a sweetie. Um, And then uh, one that I I wound up cutting was... um, the Lemonheads doing Mrs. Robinson from Wayne's World 2 because I realized <laughs> Libby made an entire Mike Myers centric list and I couldn't I couldn't jump on that train too. Well and actually one that I ended up cutting this came from uh from Chuck Winters it's the Boo Radleys covering There She Goes from So I Married an Axe Murderer. And I I had to I had to pare down my important Mike Myers and I've been wanting to talk about Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach forever obviously mm-hmm. so so i married an axe murder had to go even though quick story my uncle uh did sets for that film oh neat yeah he was uh he was on set and he said mike myers is an absolute toolbox i believe it yeah he says he's a spoiled little diva who like threw a fit and hid in his trailer because he couldn't get a cappuccino yeah at, like two I'm, in the morning i mean go read up about what happened on wayne's world too that's like a perfect example yeah that guy sucks yeah so. I mean, you, yeah, he made <laughs> fucking three Wayne. No, he made fucking three Austin Powers's, four Shrek movies. This man has no soul. I yeah, yeah we're gonna stop before we say something terrible. Yeah, Mike Myers can come over here and fight us. Yeah, fight me, you little toad. <laughs> Get up off your pile of money and fight me. Why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Well, Mike Myers is going to be the new Jim Carrey. <laughs> Except that I guess Mike Myers makes good movies and Jim Carrey is in Sonic the Hedgehog. That's true. Jim Carrey has made exactly one good movie and it's Leap Day Williams from the 30 Rock episode Leap Day. Well, I think that's going to do it for this ridiculous <laughs> list that we've just made for you. So go out into the world and listen to some of these songs. And uh, actually, you know what? We'll put a poll up to ask you which one you think is the best and you can tell us yourself. Yes, add some add some to our playlist. Yeah, absolutely. Have some fun with this. So, so Libby, finally, what are we doing next week? Next week, we are doing a soundtrack to a movie I've wanted to talk about forever. It has everything in it that I love. Uh, there are personal stories. It's got the vapors on the soundtrack. We are talking about Rami Michelle's High School Reunion. 
Oh, boy. Yes. I got tea to spill. <laughs> oh, no. All right. That's going to be a great time. I'm really, I'm very excited to talk about this movie. It's, I, I can And tell. the soundtrack. So uh, it's all 80s music. It's an eight, It's 80s music for a 90s movie. That's like the perfect Libby combo. That's like our show in a nutshell. Basically. There's no cover <laughs> songs on it, though, I checked. Oh, well, we got all the covers tonight, so that's fine. Yes. How? All right. Joe, where can they find you? Y'all can find me on Twitter at Cordial Wombat, or you can listen to me yell about Christmas movies on the Christmas Creeps podcast. Uh, Our next episode is To Be Determined, but look out for that. Libby, where can they find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Libby Cudmore. You can find me on Instagram at record underscore Saturday, or you can listen to me over on the Shattered Shield podcast. We just started uh, season five. So that's things are ramping up. It's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds great. All right. Well, uh, this has been a very fun episode of the OST party. (laughs) Slightly torturous. Slightly torturous. (laughs) A little torture, a lot of fun. Uh, But for the OST party, I am Joseph Wade. And I'm Libby Cudmore. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. (laughs) 